going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Lone Wolf Podcast. I'm your host, Wolfson, and today's episode, I'm going in continuation of the previous episode about sharing my experience as an up-and-coming artist. And this one will be focused more on the Miami scene. I realized on the previous episode that I heavily focused on all my hardships in my hometown, Puerto Rico, and only a small summary of what I've accomplished here in South Florida. I basically scratched the surface on everything I've achieved here in South Florida, so I'm going to talk about what I've done, the experience, and networking that I learned from and accomplished. This will be a part series episode in which over time I will come back to this subject and continue to talk the struggles that we all face as an up-and-comer. Be sure to like and subscribe to the channel for your weekly episodes at the Lone Wolf Podcast for Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio, as well as SoundCloud, and as well as now the YouTube at LoneWolf.com, where you can check all my latest episodes. Soon enough, everybody's going to see my pretty face on YouTube. You can also follow me on any of my social medias for updates at Wolf's and Music. Now, without further ado, let's get started. This is the Lone Wolf Podcast. Boom! What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Lone Wolf Podcast. Today's topic, part two, as my experience as an up-and-coming artist. Only this time, I'll be sharing more about what I've done so far and what I have accomplished and where have I started here in, in Florida, especially more in the South Florida in the Miami scene, because that's exactly where my career started in a sense. That's where my jobs, that's where all my knowledge, I, I started, I started, I started to do everything here. Like whatever I learned from back home in Puerto Rico, I applied it to here. And this is where I started to flourish even more. And this is where I expanded everything that I've done so far. And we're going to talk about all that type of stuff here in this episode, because it has to be said, like, you can't just say, like, in one episode, it will describe everything that I've done, like, all my experiences. Like, no, I've only scratched the surface of what I've done so far. I've only done so much more that I can talk for days and days about it. Like, this is literally a topic that... If I'm one-on-one with my with my fans, like I wanted to feel what I've done so far, like all the stuff that I've gone through, you know? And I'm pretty sure some of you guys that are listening right now have gone through this or have gone worse or have gone better than this, like whatever the experience. So guys, if you guys got some knowledge of anything that have said so far, any experience, please comment down below and let me know. I want to hear your story. I want to share your story as well, because this is how we all get together. This is how we all work together. You know, like you can't do this on your own. It's almost impossible to do everything on your own. And that's one of the things I've I know I try to be people to try to figure out, like, what do you do, Wolfson? Like you're a DJ, but you're also a producer, but you're also an engineer, but you're also an AV specialist, meaning audio visuals. Like I handle striking on on festival sets and whatnot, and I also set up projectors and LED screens. I'm a techie on the LEDs. I'm I'm even the visual guy behind the LEDs on every show and whatnot. Like basically, I'm a man with many talents, but I can only be focused on one thing at a time. I can't be doing all at once. 
And that's something that people need to understand. Like, it's okay that you learn a little bit of everything, but you can't do everything all at the same time. It's almost impossible. You will burn out. There's another saying, don't hold as two things, hold as one thing. And the reason because of that is because everybody believes that they can handle all that together and that will make them like their resume look like, holy shit, this guy done everything. It looks good and everything. Wow. But unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. You will fail at something. You will fall. You will burn on something. Guaranteed. It's an almost guarantee that it will happen. There's definitely people out there that you see that they're a little, they, they do this and they do that and like this and that. Yes, but they find the time to do it. They don't juggle it all at the same time. And that's one of the things I want to talk about because I've seen this in the beginning of my hardship here in Miami. While I was still in school, I was hanging around with a couple of people in, in school. One of the guys is, it was a student. Forgot what his name is, but he had his own company. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to say his name. I'm not going to call him out. I'm not going to call him out because he hasn't done anything wrong directly to me. If anything, I've learned from all of his mistakes. So I'm not going to call him now. He didn't he didn't do anything wrong, but it was just more of your typical empty promises. Like, I promise you this. I promise you that. And you and you'll have this chance and that and whatnot. And then it comes out short. So I call those empty promises. And I'm pretty sure some of you guys have already heard about this about people doing empty promises. It's something very common from these people that have all these connections. It's like, yeah, yeah, I can hook you up. You have to do this and that and help me do this and that. And I got you. I got you. And you will get these empty promises. You see that everywhere, especially on the promoter side. Not that anything, none of that happened with me and the promoter company that I joined like years ago, like with APETS and committee, like, None of that because everything that I've done, they promise and they deliver. Only the competitors from from that company and and other promoting companies that work with us as well, you know, they do all those you know empty promises. But circling back to when I was in in school, so I, so I worked out with this dude, and that's where I met Chavalo. Shout out to you, bro. He's one of my homies. He's an up and coming artist from South Florida as well. It's like, he's sick, man. Like he had every, most a big artist like Carnage and Nitty Gritty and a couple more artists. I forgot um, starts playing his music and his edits and he's sick. I still don't know why he's not out there, but he should be out there. Shout out to you, brother. We're going to have an episode, you and me. All right. Anyways, I met him and we met through this mutual person that from that goes to school. That he's all about the company. He's all about making everybody big and whatnot. And the whole title of the company is like made no sense. But because his company, it, he was trying to like try to bring everybody, every flavor into one company. So he's trying to run up producers and artists and rappers from hip hop, from R&B, from EDM, from house. Well, no, house is part of EDM. No, from uh what was this other shit like merengue and salsa shit like that like i don't know he 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 it looked like he tried to combine all sorts of genres into one company and this is this is this company this is what we do 
I guess he's trying to do his own media, but it, it was just like there was a lot of this organization within him. That there was like no, there was no structure. That's the word. No structure. And we don't know where to go. I was just following him because I didn't know what the hell's going on. But the reason I come, I went to him, it's because he was hosting in a party and an after party or pre pre during and after party for Ultra. I was like, really? Ultra? Oh, shit. I'm down. Yeah. What I got to do? I, I can't DJ. All right. That's fine. Yeah, I understand, man. I'm, I'm last minute. All right. Got you. What I can what I can do? Oh, I can help out and whatnot. All right. Cool. I'll help out. What do you need? Oh, you I have. Yeah, I got my equipment. Yeah. What? You need my equipment? Um, sure. Sure, sure. No problem. I mean, I don't have much, but this is what I could get. Yes. Shit like that. You know, like like I found that the place that we go, like they'll provide for the equipment and whatnot. I mean, that's what I lead to. But in, in reality, I had to bring my own equipment to, for for the DJs and whatnot. And I was like, oh, OK. So I was basically an artist liaison. I bring the DJs or the artists. All right. Here's your stage and blah, blah, blah. And start performing and DJing. I hook I hook everything up. All right. It's hooked up to the system. You're good to go. That's pretty much what it was. Artist liaison and an audio striker. That's A2 position. Yeah, I understand. And the place that we actually performed was a small, small bar. It doesn't exist anymore, but it was literally in front of the America Arena, the hometown of the Miami Heat in downtown Miami. And and they use that parking also to for people who want to go to Ultra. So it's not an official party from Ultra. Because I saw the flowers, like, uh, okay. But I went along. I was learning. I, I was eager to learn. I want to know where this was leading for me. Where is this going to, you know? So came to the night, set up. All right, DJ after DJ after DJ after DJ. And I realized, like, what kind of party is this? Like, people come and go, like, literally like that. Because I didn't even know what the fuck was going on. And... The the marketing for it, it was horrible. Like he, they did a horrible job on promoting this event, especially on the day of Ultra. Do you actually believe there's gonna be parties in Ultra uh, during near Ultra when the Ultra is happening? Hell no! Anybody who's actually can do that will probably be be in South Beach. But a few blocks from Ultra, you think people are gonna go there? No. So obviously, it was. Everybody was like, oh, it's a great success. But in reality, it was a shit show. Every DJ performed differently in different genres. There was no structure on any of them. Like, it didn't make sense. It was small portion, hip hop to, to get the people. Then all of a sudden, you hear the house music. And then switch back to hip hop, intermediate for the other DJs. And then go back again. And then all of a sudden, there's drum and bass. There's jungle beasts. Like, whoa. Then there's people, then there's guys rapping, and I'm like, what is going on? Then it goes straight to underground music. Like, I don't know what the fuck was going on. I didn't, I didn't know any better. I'm, I, I didn't know any better. I'm, sh- shit. But I, I saw that the whole shit show was happening, and this is part of the experience. So I was like, all right, cool, whatever. You know, I barely had any sleep. You know, uh, but whatever. Move forward. Um, moving forward, the clock. We got booked for a tour of sorts in all Florida, and the guy told us like, oh, you did such a great time that you know we're gonna start a tour and. You know, you're, we're going to go to Orlando, Gainesville, Jacksonville and all this stuff. And we're going to do exactly everything that we've done today. It's like we're going to have the rappers, you know, sp- sp- 
bitching and whatnot. I'm going to play my uh, drum bass and then Latin house. And then you guys played your music and whatnot. And I'm like, in my head, I was like, huh? What? Okay. You, 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 you think it's. What? <laughs> I know you guys are probably confused. Like what is going on? And I'm, I was like that. I was like, how do you. On a show, on an event, on a tour, how do you actually have a structure saying that you got EDM DJs, you got rappers from the hip hop scene or the trap scene, and then you got some other artists that does this other genres? Like you basically have like three to four to five different genres, and you're trying to make it into one show, and you're trying to make it like every slug is this is what's gonna happen. Uh, I don't know, buddy. It doesn't work like that. But I, I don't. I went along along with it because I don't know. It's just it feels so weird. Like normally, when you go on a show, you go to that specific show for that specific genre. Because let's say Drake is in town and he's performing. Obviously, whatever comes before Drake, it's gonna be whatever Drake will be performing. So let's say Drake is doing his hip hop, trap, and R and B hits. Obviously, the DJ or the openers, they're going to play something similar to it. They're going to play some hip hop, some traps some RBs, stuff like that. So that way people can be warmed up for the main event, which is Drake. And bam, that's what you get. There was nothing like that on this tour that I went. I decided to go because I was like, I had never been on a tour. And the way he sell it to me, it was like, holy shit. All right, I'm going to have my own tour. This is awesome. I never been on tour. Well, I have two times in Puerto Rico, but that's neither here and there. Puerto Rico is just Puerto Rico. It's right there. It's like it's, there's not much to tour around. You know, it's a small island. I digress. Anyways, um, our first tour was in Orlando, and you know we we went there. So we checked the venue. We checked the uh, see what type of music they play around. That was, and like I got the sense like all right, this is like more of that you know all right. They got that house vibe there. They got EDM here. I don't know if I can play some trap on it. I had some trap music, festival trap, like EDM trap, not trap trap, like all these rappers trap. No, so like all right, cool. So I'll play some of that. So I at least I know I did my research and I checked it out and I'll I got mentally prepared. I know what to play and what not to play. You know. Not gonna play some dubstep. Not gonna play some some of that heavy hard shit. Like nah 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 nah. It's so that way I can actually you know be prepared. Like at least I know what the crowd is. This guy told me he's like, oh man, play everything. Like play your house, play your dubstep. Yeah, play your your EDM, your house, your tech. I'm like, uh, okay. I mean, you you know that dubstep is part of EDM. I mean, everything you mentioned is EDM. You don't have to repeat EDM all the time, okay? It, it clearly came into me like, all right, this guy doesn't know what EDM is. He thinks that everything that we do is EDM. Like, EDM is the future. Like, we are EDM. His mentality is completely way off. He believed like Latin House. Like, first of all, what the fuck is Latin House? I've never heard such a genre, Latin House. But he keeps... He keeps saying like Latin house, Latin house, Latin house. And it's like, yeah, like Spanish music. It's part of the EDM and all this shit and blah, blah. And I'm like, what kind of small 
pipe you smoke from, bro? Like, that must be some good-ass crack for you to come up with that shit saying me, like, all Spanish and houses is all EDM. We're all EDM. Like, nah, bro. Doesn't work like that. And, and it's not going to work. I knew it was going to flop because he's trying to make a show that's designed for this, but he's going to make all sorts of genres to jump into that show. Uh, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't. It, you need to focus on one certain genre. That's how you get the people. That's how you market yourselves. That's how you promote yourself. But come to find out that in the midst of all of this, I'm trying to scramble my head. It's like, why is this guy like doing all this stuff? Like, doesn't he have a team? Doesn't he have like people or doesn't he have promote? Come to find out that all that stuff that's coming from my head, I found out that he hasn't done any marketing, meaning that he hasn't posted anything on the social medias and he, ha he has not contacted anybody from from that area to promote the show or anything. He basically chose a, a spot without promoting the event. He believed that, oh, the spot itself is big enough, people will come. That sucker's mentality. You don't do that. No matter how big or small the spot is, you always promote and market it. Like, what? He didn't market it, so... And then I, I talked to this, like, don't you have somebody to market this? It's like, oh, yeah, that's me. What? Yeah, I, I am my own boss. Like, I am my own employee. I am everything. Like, I'm the one who promotes it. I'm the one who, who contacts the people. I'm also the manager. And I'm also the, the producer, the DJ. I also bring people. I do this. I do that. I did that, 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 that. I'm like, oh, my God. This is going to be a shit show. This is going to flop so bad. I didn't say that to his face. I didn't say that right there on the flop. But my face dropped when I found out about everything. Come to the show and everything that I thought was going to happen exactly went on. No people. People weren't aware. They didn't know what was happening. They were all confused because at the first it was house. So the house people came, all of a sudden they start putting some, as he called it, land house, but I call it Moombatom. That's the right term, but I wasn't going to argue with him. Um, and then those people, those house people left, and then the Moombatom people came, and then they, and then the rappers started to sing. So ratchet ass people started to came, and then I started my set with some trap and whatnot and then i and then they told me it's like oh go ahead and put your set don't please anybody please yourself and i went to house and then you know trap the upset and whatnot and people left people were coming and going and then the reason why because people don't know what the fuck was this party they don't know what was going on because people didn't promote this this guy didn't market it that's why the party was so fucking confused. It was literally the whole time throughout the whole night. No marketing or anything. And obviously I did it for free. I wasn't counting about the money. But the shit is like unbelievable. This guy. And I and I went on to him and say like, dude, how can you don't have somebody to like handle your business as well? Like, why don't you have somebody that you can that you can actually book people's stuff why don't you have somebody that you can do this or market this or promote this is like like nah man i don't have money for that i can do this in my if i can do this in my own, i don't need anybody i can do this like and i've done it look see i brought people here 
It's like, all right, you got the connections, but you don't you don't know how to market yourself. It's like, nah, man, it's supposed the venue is supposed to promote this, man. It's their fault, not ours. We're just supposed to come in here and perform. That's it. I was like, what the fuck? Granted, granted, I will give him that benefit of the doubt that yes, in certain places, in almost the majority of every other menu, I mean menu, venue, if an artist is are coming in, they it, it is their job to contact their promoters and it's their job to let the promoters to promote that venue. Yes, any show, it, it doesn't matter. It is their job to come come over and promote it. But this guy was doing all as a last minute fan and he wasn't doing things right. And he everything he was doing is so shady. And and <sighs> on the next couple of shows, I didn't even go. I didn't want to go because I, I realized I soon realized like, man, this guy's full of shit. I can see why the, the whole term comes. You either fail at one thing or you fail at all. And he was literally everything. See, because I've I met people as to this day, there's still people that I know to this day that they still they want to be, for example, they want to be the director, the producer, the artist, the engineer, the NR and whatnot and publicist of their own show of their own company. They want to do everything. So that way the credit goes at them. This is what it struggles me in my head. It's like, why? Like, no, you need to have a team like. When you're meeting somebody, you the person who's gonna be more impressed when you're meeting someone is the person gonna be more impressed if if he sees that you're everything that you basically you're the one man army of your own show, or is he gonna be impressed that yeah I'm the director but I got a team with my producer over there, my engineer over there, my promoter over there, my publicist, my NR and this and that over there who's gonna be much more impressed? Obviously, the guy who has a team. Wow. Being the one-man army sounds like, wow, you can handle everything. Nine times out of ten, you always end up failing. That's where it comes back to my earlier words or expressions. Never whole ass two things. Always whole ass one thing. Because you're either going to fail at one thing or you're going to fail at everything. And you don't want to fail. You want to succeed. If you want to, If you're good at something, you want to... You want to be good at this certain thing and you want to succeed from it. Yes, there will be times in which you will fail, but it's more of a trial and error thing, you know? It's not like it's going to fail all at once. Like, no, you fail at it, but now you can't, you overcome the obstacle and you kept going. Not like this in which like, oh shit, I failed as a director, but all right, doesn't matter. I'm a producer. I can actually do this. Like, oh shit. Like, no, no. Because that's what makes things worse. So I move out of that. And as soon as I finish up, school i was like i don't want to talk to these guys anymore like they haven't done anything wrong with me but it was more of an empty promise and what they were doing it was just like not right like they were doing everything wrong i'm sorry they did everything wrong they didn't have a clear vision of what they want it was more of a a sucker's dream and when i mean sucker's dream i mean like oh yeah i want to reach to the stars it's like all right how are we going to reach the stars don't worry man we're already there we're already there it's like okay yeah we're there so how so why aren't we there? How can I don't feel like we're there? And it's all empty promises, suckers dream, like it's all blah blah blahs and shit. Like I said, nothing against them, but that's my experience against with them. And I move on. After, as soon as I 
graduated. It's like, I don't want to deal with these guys. And so as Chavalo, Chavalo and I had the same mentality and we like, man, we want to move out of here. So that's where the whole life in color starts to roll in. If you guys listen to my previous episode, I'd actually talk about how I got into life in color and whatnot. So I'm not going to do a uh, like explain everything that I said in my previous episode, but I'm a small recap. It's basically I found life in color looking for people. I went there. They hired me. I went. I was one of their top street promoters. They put me as a manager for the street team. I did everything. I did over 300 hours. Mind you, at that time, the only reason I can have done it is because I was still looking for a job and I have nothing else to do. So I might as well. They put me on a show, open up for Yellow Claw. They put me up for Life in Color twice, and even at the after party. And as well, they put me on other shows. As well as they took me in into field trips, let's say. They took me into EDC Orlando. I went to all the clubs in EDC Orlando. Now, I couldn't go to the festival itself, but I went to the after parties and the pre-parties and whatnot. And I met all these other artists as well. And I networked my ass off of there. And so was Tampa. I think Tampa is the one that I networked the most. And I talked the most before I get into Tampa. Let me go like a little circle back to all these trips that I've done throughout my whole time. Well, as I was working. So I've already mentioned that I, yeah, I perform and blah, blah, blah. I work for these guys. Apex Percents, which is what it is now. Before it was committee events. Shout out to Lucho, you know. Lucho is the owner of Apex and was from committee. Like, you know, shout out to him because he actually like gave me the shot and he gave me, he believed in me. He he said like, there was no other person that works as hard as me. Not trying to tune my own horn, but I am a, a very, I'm, I'm a person that likes to work hard on everything. I'm very dedicated. If whatever it is that you want me to do, I'll do it. That's the type of person I am. As I was working with him, I learned a lot from him, actually. Because before, I didn't know much. I, I, I say I hate promoting. So I learned how to promote events and shows and whatnot. How to talk to people and whatnot. And it's offense to Lucho and as well offense to... The EON network, shout out to Phil and Vitson. You guys also hooked me up and helped me up in so much more, more than you guys ever believe me. And Manny, oh my God, Manny, Lucha's cousin, shout out to you guys. I learned from all these people that they were so willing to help me out how to promote and how to market myself and how to do things the right way and not the wrong way, how to do this and do that. So I learned a lot from it and that's what I needed it. I needed it to learn from it because everything that has happened before with this, when I was in school, when I did all this, all that tour and ultra and whatnot, that was wrong. That was the wrong way to do it. And when I came into this company, I saw the structure. I saw the girl. I saw how it works. That's what all the information experience I took from and as i was going over and then they were just like calling me it's like hey i need can you handle this can you do this and i'm like yeah i can boom and they always hook me up always for any parties they always hook me up to be either with these artists or backstage to any of these festivals or whatnot man it was the shit i i was thrilled overall i was just plain happy that's it because i learned a lot from it went to edc orlando 
went to Guild Nightclub. That's where I met Snails. And I met some other artists as well. I forgot uh, who I met there. Big Mac. Rest in peace to that guy. That was the first time I met that guy. Yeah, I met Big Mac there. And as well, I met Nightmare for the third or fourth time. I've seen him a lot. I don't know why. <laughs> but yeah, I remember I met those guys. And what else happened? Oh, yeah. Like, basically, I just promote Street Flyer, the entire venue of EDC, like from afternoon to midnight. I did that struggle. I did it. Yeah, it was a lot. Absolutely. It was definitely a lot. But. I did it with the clear intentions like, hey, man, this is how it all begins, man. You got to start from the bottom. And then now we're here. That was the mentality I was having. Little did I know, you know, there were better ways to do what I'm trying to do. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I did meet Crisley. I took pictures and whatnot. He's a nice dude. Come to find out that Crisley, he looks like a small ass kid. He's actually around my age. I was like, what the fuck? You're as old as me? Damn, bro. Damn, whatever you're doing, man, keep it up, bro. You look... I thought, I thought you were younger than me, but okay, sure. Um, Yeah, EDC Orlando, I learned a lot from it. Obviously, we were just promoting Life in Color and as well the show Yellow Claw that I was performing there. So obviously, everybody saw my name on the flyer. Then fast forward, Life in Color, backstage, insane. That's where I met Squirrelets as well. My boy Nitty Gritty was there. Before he was Nitty Gritty, he was uh, Ricky. Ricky Mears. Shout out. That's where he was starting to give me all his music. Like, yo, yo, yo. If you're going to perform, like, can you play this song? So like, fuck yeah, I got you. That's where his remits with Skip Marnie, the Free Little Birds came out. And perfect timing. Yeah, bro. And we just basically hang there, you know, and I was just basically performing at the local stage, which, by the way, the local stage was shit. They didn't even finish building the local stage. That's how bad it was. We did a 20 minute set, but I didn't care because I have fun. And there were definitely people around there supporting us. You know, I give out some of my merch. Oh, my God. I give out some of my wolves and hats and whatnot. I was happy. I didn't give a fuck, bro. It was just like, holy shit. Hell yeah. You know, and then fast forward. I did a couple shows. I was super happy. Open up for Barrel Girls. That guy's sick. Um, Fast forward. Open up for OK as well. Did a back to work with my boy Snooko. Shout out. And yeah, Sunset Music Festival. I believe that's where I ultimately use my knowledge and power to network with these certain artists that I now actually have in contact with. Yeah, that's where I obviously at that time in Sunset Music Festival, I saw all these big well-known artists. I was in the backstage, free open bar and free food. Compliments from Pollo Tropica. Holy shit, that was amazing. They didn't have beer, so I had to settle with drinks and whatever drinks they got. Jägermeister. Oh, yeah, man, I got bond with the Jaegers, bro. I didn't want to drink Jaeger like that. So I mixed the Jaeger with Coca-Cola. Surprisingly, Jaegermeister with Coca-Cola. Yeah, it actually tastes good. I made it a drink and hey, 
And because of it, I met a, I met Jaws, Nightmare, Zomboy, Funkies, Borgor, Snails. Like, whoo! I met with all these guys and got to hang around with them, got to talk to them, and network with those guys. I got all their contacts and, and personal information. Once in a while, I talked to Zomboy. Shout out to you. But, you know, whatever he adds was my, my emails. But I have made contact with him before. Back when I actually had more time on making music i could have just like you know sent my stuff but i i didn't want to send him anything and the reason i didn't want to send him anything is because i knew my shit was garbage and wasn't on the level that it should be and pre pretty sure at that time when i was making music i was almost starting to sound like him and that's not what i was trying to get in for you know so it was all a little bit of turmoil of trying to find out my own sound Anyways, the whole time at Sunset, I learned so much and I learned from, from Needy Greedy because I was hanging around with him and we were just talking and, and seeing the plants and whatnot. And believe it or not, I couldn't talk to any of these artists because I didn't want to look as their fan. I want to look at them as like, I'm, you know, I'm a professional. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm here to do business and whatnot or, you know, just look good. I'm not trying to look as a fan. And Nitty Gritty was just so chill and calm. And he just goes to these guys and talks to them and blah, blah. And all of a sudden, they're exchanging phone numbers and, and emails and whatnot. I'm like, how do you do that? What did you ask for? What did you say? It's like, oh, you know, I just asked. For, I just told him, I, I'm, I'm a DJ. I did music. I said, okay, if I send you some music and that's it. That's all you got to say. I was like, what? Just ask for their promo email? You know, if, if it's okay, I can send some music? It's like, yeah, yeah, that's it. Just go with every confidence, you know? Don't don't be afraid. Bro. I had to drink because I was actually shitless. I, I couldn't speak to them. So when I took a couple of drinks, obviously, for some reason, when I'm drinking, I become much more confident. And then I went up to him, to all these artists, and talked to them. Hey, I'm so, so, hey, big fan of your work, man. I don't want to bother you, but if it's okay, can I ask you for your email? Whenever you get a chance, you can listen to my songs, you know, but I, I just don't want to bother you, you know, if it's okay. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Go, here's my email, blah, 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 blah. I did that on everybody. I got emails from everybody, even on Zomboy. When I talked to him, we had a full-length conversation, and at the end, it's like, can I get your email? It's like, yeah, yeah, here's my email, blah, blah. Oh my God. I, the only regret I had is that I wish I could have taken a picture with him, but it was neither here and there to do it. And then after after sunset, as the, as the year goes by, you know, little by little, that's where my, my falling out with the promoting company started to go out because at that point in my brain, in my head, that's where I, all right, I already got all the information that I needed. So why am I still wor working with these guys? But I didn't want to leave like unannounced, like the bland that said, like the hardworking person that was Wolfson all of a sudden disappeared because of it. Just like that. No. So little by little, you know, I started to pay more attention to my work and start paying more, starting paying more less attention and start and stopping promoting on my page and start marketing my my name as an artist, as a DJ, start promoting on my music, even though they were garbage. And some of them are and some of them, surprisingly, they're not. I don't know why, but people love my music. Okay, okay, whatever. But anyways, um, yeah, I started to focus on that. And then little by little, I left 
the promotion company. We didn't left in bad terms because there was no infighting. I just basically left and that's it. That's pretty much it. End of story. But all this hard shit that I've learned from South Florida, basically, it's just that it taught me something. I went on on a on a company that that was basically the one man army and it was completely disorganized. And then I ended up working with a company that has his team that he, his only job is, to, you know, to be the director and everybody else. They got their parts that like, you do this, you do that and do that. The difference is incredible. There's a huge difference. And it affected me as a person, as an artist, because I was just basically trying there, trying there. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what to do. But it's a good thing I actually did all that stuff because it's from there that I basically learned all the stuff that I that I had to do, that I want to do, and I and I have to avoid to do, you know? So obviously, I always will recommend you guys at the end of the show, I give you a certain recommendations of what to do and what not to do when you guys are in this certain scenario. So if you guys are actually trying to figure out what to do and where you want to go, like this applies in anything in general. If you want to apply it on a job or a certain promoting company or whatever, like whatever you want to do in general, if you see that something doesn't seem right, follow that instinct. Because nine times out of 10, it is true. If you basically are in a scenario, it's like what you see like this company or this so sort of company or team only thinks about himself and thinks about giving you empty promises or whatnot, leave. Leave fast. Do not stick around. Just stop contacting them overall. That's it. Because what they're going to basically do is they're going to drag their shit with you along, you know? Like these guys, they they wish they know what the fuck they were doing, but they don't. They don't know what the fuck they were doing. Versus with an established place that they know what to do. They know what are the roles, everybody's roles. You go with them. If you had the option to go with a company that knows what to do instead of doing all things on your own, go with a company that actually has a team and everybody knows what's their role. Believe me, it's going to save you some heartache and some trouble and some time. So those are going to be my final thoughts for the show. That's that's what I recommend. You know, let's wrap this up, you know, guys, because like I enjoy talking these certain experiences that I came through, you know, and we all share this type of hardship, you know, like because it's most of the time we don't know where to go and what to do when we're in, in this sort of a pickle, you know. But that's why I'm here, guys. I'm here to basically teach you guys and guide you guys all the stuff that I that has happened to me and all the stuff that it's easy to avoid when you see the signs, you know. You can avoid this. It's easy to avoid and redirect you because this is what's part of the show. This is what's all about what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to give you guys the message, the guidance, the advice. Don't do this. Do that. Why? Because this is what happened to me. And to save you guys the trouble of doing it like, hey, that's what I'm here for, guys. So, yeah, guys. So we're going to wrap this up because this is going to be a 
this is the end of part two of a huge part series of episodes that this is stuff. I got stuff to talk about days and days and days. So next time we're going to talk about something else that's related to this and so on and so on. There's going to be more than one. And obviously what I currently doing to all this I've learned from. So thank you guys for listening. And remember, every week it's a brand new episode with a brand new topic. Be sure to like and subscribe to get your weekly episodes at the Lone Wolf Podcast for SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. You can also check out my YouTube channel at LoneWolfPod.com. That's L-O-N-E-W-O-L-V-P-O-D.com. LoneWolfPod.com. Comment down below to share your experience. And you may be mentioned on the next episode. And we could definitely talk about it. So thank you guys for tuning in. And see you guys on the next one. Deuces.